0: God created the heavens and the earth and kept them in place in the solar system by his word. At the end, before Jesus returns, God will shake the powers of heaven and the earth will move slightly out of its place. The stars will fall from heaven the sun will go dark, completely dark, and the moon will not give us light before Jesus returns. The prophets of the Old Testament saw the end of this present world. God showed it to Joel, Amos, Isaiah, and maybe some of the other prophets. I may have not caught all of them. Joel wrote about it. He said, blow ye the trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm in mine holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble. For the day of the Lord cometh, for it is nigh at hand. A day of darkness and of gloominess, a day of clouds and of thick darkness. As the morning spread upon the mountains, a great people and a strong there hath not been ever the like neither shall be any more after it even to the years of many generations this is in joel chapter 2 verses 1-2 and then in joel chapter 2 verses 30 through 32 Joel repeats the words of God as follows, And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and the terrible day of the Lord come. We had a church member who had a dream about this. She and her husband were getting ready to go out to buy a TV. She had gotten out to the car and was waiting for him when all of a sudden it went totally dark. She said it was terrifying. The sun was shining and it just went totally dark. She said she started to run back into the house But then she knew that would do no good. And she just fell down on her knees. She knew just exactly what was happening. And that's the way we will be. The world will have no idea what's happening. But we, the church, because of the scriptures, can know what's happening. And when that sun turns totally dark that way, and the moon turns totally dark, dark and the stars fall from heaven you can know this the return of Jesus is at the threshold for that's the next thing that happens Joel says and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered for in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance as the Lord has said and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call Amos talked about the same thing the Old Testament prophet Amos in Amos chapter 5 verses 18 through 20 and he described what the great tribulation will be like which comes right before the sun turns dark He says, Woe unto you that desire the day of the Lord, to what end is it for you? The day of the Lord is darkness and not light, as if a man did flee from a lion and a bear met him or went into the house thinking he was safe and leaned his hand on the wall and a serpent bit him. It'll just be one thing after another in the period of the Great Tribulation. Shall not the day of the Lord be darkness and not light, even very dark and no brightness in it? Not long ago during coronavirus, I heard a report on television where a Christmas tree person that sells Christmas trees said this was one of his best seasons ever. And he said that he, he would go get the Christmas trees, put them on the rack, and they would all sell out within 24 hours. He said people during the coronavirus were trying to find something that brought joy to their household. It won't be that way in the day of the Lord. There won't be any light. It'll be darkness. One tribulation after another. And I'm sure the people of the world will turn to scientists and they'll try to find out, why did this happen to us? What's causing this to happen? And I'm sure the environmentalists will jump in and say, well, I told you it was going to happen if you didn't straighten out such and such. The worldly people will stumble over each other. There is no reason whatsoever for you to do that because you have... The scriptures, and you will know exactly what's happening. In Daniel chapter twelve, Daniel said, "The wise will know what's happening, but the wicked won't know what is happening." That was a paraphrase, not a very good paraphrase, but the, I paraphrased that. But now I've turned to that scripture, and we'll read it. Daniel chapter twelve. The angel said to Daniel, and in verse 9, Go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed to the end of the time. Many shall be purified. This is verse 10. Many shall be purified and made white and tried, but the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. None of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. Those who understand the Bible know the Bible and know things of God. They will know what's happening when these plagues hit the earth. And there will be elect of God on the earth when the plagues hit. Because in Matthew 24, Jesus said, Except the time be shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, the time will be shortened, Matthew 24. So there will be some of the elect on the earth at the time this happens. One reason I think God has had me go into the subject of the Great Tribulation so many times for the past few days is that you need to be able to recognize the plagues when they come, so you will know what's happening. You won't be swept away by humans trying to explain the great tribulation away. And they will try to do that. For they won't understand. The wicked will not understand. None of them, it says, none of them will understand. But the righteous will understand. The prophet Isaiah talked about this in Isaiah chapter 13, verse 13. God says, Therefore I will shake the heavens and the earth shall remove out of her place in the wrath of the Lord of hosts and in the day of his fierce anger. I had a dream about this. Sometime back in the nineteen eighties, the earth slipped on its axis in this dream. People were terrified. The governments of men and the scientists and the religious leaders. Most religious leaders I found don't know Bible either. So therein was the governments of men and the scientists. And these religious leaders they were meeting together to try to see what they could do about this problem. Well, nothing can be done about this problem. When it comes, it's from God, and they can't alter it. A TV reporter was trying to tell about the problem on a TV show. He was in the studio speaking in front of the camera, and he just quit speaking. He was so terrified. He knew this was going to affect him also. Most of the time these TV reporters are pretty phony. They get on the, they, on the television and they get a real long face on them and they tell some sad story. It doesn't bother them. He was bothered because it affected him and he knew it. So he just quit speaking and he got up out of his chair and left the studio and did not finish the telecast because he was so frightened. That's what it will be like when the earth moves in the solar system. And Isaiah the prophet saw it generations ago, hundreds of years ago. Isaiah the prophet reported it. He said, God says, Therefore I will shake the heavens and the earth shall remove out of her place. God has kept this solar system together by his word. By the same word, when he speaks, everything will be moved and that powers of heaven will be shaken. We can read a parallel of that if you want to in Second um, Peter chapter 3. Because Peter says in the last days there will be scoffers who say, well, everything has gone on just like it was from the beginning. God's not coming. There's not going to be judgment. Peter says they are willingly ignorant and forgetful of the flood because it hasn't gone on from the beginning. God destroyed the earth. But in this situation, the day of the Lord will come and God will destroy both the heavens and the earth. The righteous will be taken out, taken to the new heaven and the new earth. Jesus also tells of this in time Matthew twenty four verses twenty one twenty two for then shall be great tribulation such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no nor ever shall be. And except those days should be shortened, there should be no flesh saved, but for the elect's sake. Those days shall be shortened. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. The elect who are still living at that time, their bodies will be changed into spiritual bodies and they will be taken up in the clouds to meet Jesus in the air and taken to the new heaven and the new earth. Wherein dwelleth righteousness, the heaven and the earth that is prepared for them for that day. This present heaven and earth is to be destroyed by God by fire, as Peter tells about it in Second Peter chapter 3, starting at verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up, Wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent, that ye may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. This puts a strong spotlight on Philippians chapter four verses six and seven. For the only way we can live on this earth in peace is to take each concern to God in prayer and allow Him to settle us. And by the way, that makes us worthy to escape that which is coming on the earth because through turning to God daily with each concern, We are connected with God continually. But we have to keep doing it every day. Every time you are concerned about anything, you must turn to God in prayer immediately. As soon as you realize you are troubled. Think about this for a minute. Is there anything that you're concerned about? If so, that's showing you a need to turn again to God with that concern. So many people who call themselves Christians want to turn to ministers for prayer. They want to turn to big-time TV radio preachers for prayer. They want to send their prayer requests to them. No. You pray. Let your requests be made known unto God. That's what it says in Philippians chapter 4. We'll read it. Verse 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. What is it that you want God to do for you? Let your request be made known unto God directly through prayer. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Taking every concern to God through prayer. You do it. Don't go and ask those TV preachers to do it. They can't do that for you. Why? Effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. Effectual means it has to be according to the will of God for you. They don't know that. And a fervent, it has to be red hot. Nobody, nobody can be as red hot as you can be over what it is you need none of us can be I know what I need you know what you need we don't take it to preachers take that need to God directly to God pray directly to God pour out your heart to him as you would your best friend Depend on him for his help. This is what we must do. And this connects us to God in a way nothing else does. Certainly we need and have to follow the word of God and have the privilege of following the word of God brought to us. But there's something about this thing of praying directly to God and having faith in God that he will answer your prayer and he will answer it if it is according to his will for you we read that in first john chapter 5 we can look at that scripture for a minute it's verses 14 and 15 and this is the confidence that we have in him in god That if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. If we know he hears us, we know we have the petition we desire of him. If it's according to his will, we have What we pray. There was a young man who came from East Texas to Lubbock, Texas, to try to get a job from Texas Tech University, an installation job installing sound equipment. And he was at my house for a period of time. And Clay said, Joan, will you pray for me to get that job? And I said, No, I will not. I do not know the will of God for you, Clay, concerning this matter. I will pray that God's will be done. See, you pray. You pray. Seek the will of God. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. If you don't know if it's the will of God or not, well, pray and ask for wisdom. Ask God to show you his will. Ask God to stop you from doing something that is not his will. James 1.5, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, of God. See, your faith, often you want to put your faith in a preacher or a religious neighbor or your church group or hundreds of people. We need a whole bunch of prayer on this. Why? Why? How many prayers does it take to get your prayer answered? Really, it only takes one. If it's the will of God, and you ask God, it'll be answered. So, you pray. Reading once again, 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. And this is the confidence that we have in Him. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Let your requests be made known unto God. Unto God. Now is the time for you to put your faith in God. Thank you for allowing me to speak to you today.